0: 995 Gold. That's 833 995 Gold. 833 995 G O L D. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
1: Third hour Clay and Buck starts right now, and uh, we're just circling back to the big news from the weekend. Ron DeSantis suspends his presidential campaign. So it is now Trump v. Haley in New Hampshire tomorrow. New Hampshire primaries happening tomorrow. And the expectation is, based on the polling, not just based on guesswork, that Donald Trump is heading for a major win in New Hampshire. And then there will be this open question as to how long... Nikki Haley uh, plans on on staying in the race, assuming that the polls are correct and that she is going to lose considerably, does she want to risk the possibility of losing a primary in her home state where she was the governor of South Carolina? You know, Clay, one thing that, uh, that stuck out to me here with all this was that um, this is, for example, uh, cut 12, where Nikki Haley... Is taking some real taking some real shots at Trump. You know, there was all this speculation about being a VP candidate. I don't think anyone thinks she's a shoe in or or even the most likely, but she was in the conversation. Perhaps she's saying here that she thinks that Trump's mental stability is declining.
3: Recently, there have been multiple things. I mean, he claimed that Joe Biden was going to get us into World War II. I'm assuming he met World War III. He said that he ran against President Obama. He never ran against President Obama. He says that I'm the one that kept security from, ja- from the Capitol on January 6th. I was nowhere near the Capitol on January 6th. But, Margaret, you don't be surprised if you have someone that's 80 in office. Their mental stability is going to continue to decline. That's just human nature. We know that.
1: Play. You and I have had a lot of contact with Trump over the years, including recently we're at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, it, it is, it is true. They say that Biden sharp is attack and it's a talking point. Anyone who's around Trump knows the guy is still very sharp. Uh, I've never seen him be foggy or anything like that. And all the interactions I've had with him in person, same thing with you. What's Nikki Haley's game here? I, mean, it feels like maybe just last minute desperation, but, um, she's getting. She's getting nastier with Trump at the very end than I expected her to.
0: Yeah, and I, I think there's a difference between slipping up on names. I'll give you an example, Buck. I screw up names all the time. I'm not great at names. Uh, when I did my sports talk radio show, for some reason, I often said Brett Favre when I met Aaron Rodgers. Anybody out there, I don't think you could say, oh, I make that Travis mistake all, all
1: the time, by the way.
0: Yeah, all yeah, you, you as a big sports fan, but you know, you, you talked, uh, or, uh, sorry for San Diego Chargers fans. It took me a long time to change from San Diego Chargers to LA Chargers, and I still screw up Oakland Raiders, uh, still sometimes say that when I mean Vegas Raiders, right? Teams move around. Trump is talking about these people in his speeches, and sometimes he says the wrong person's name while he's talking about it. The point of the name is not the story, right? Does that make sense? Um, and so I think there's a big difference between that and Biden's deer-in-a-headlight stare where he gets lost. And I do think Nikki Haley is going to have to make a rational decision at some point. Because she avoided going after Trump, by and large, and spent most of the tens of millions of dollars that she got attacking Ron DeSantis so she could get in a one-on-one battle with Donald Trump. Okay, now she's there. There is nobody else in the race. You have to make the case that you are the choice and that Donald Trump is the wrong choice. How hard does she go at that argument? Because if she goes hard at that argument and still loses, which I think is likely, then she also in the back of her mind has to be thinking, how am I going to impact myself for 2028?" Uh And so I think when the results come in in New Hampshire on Tuesday, again, everybody go vote. If you're listening to us right now, granted staters, you have the same opportunity that Iowans had to really send a substantial message about what this race is going to be and effectively end it. Because if Donald Trump comes out and wins by double digits, I think there is no compelling argument Nikki Haley has to remain in the race whatsoever. Then I think she will drop out. We had to call her at the end of the last hour, say, oh, she'll pull a Chris Christie and not uh, endorse. I don't think so. I think she would endorse. I do think, Buck, it's not crazy to think that Chris Christie may run as a third party. I believe he's basically the only person who's dropped out that had any sort of staying power that hasn't endorsed. And so okay. I would not shock me if he's on the no labels uh can in runs.
1: If someone like Chris Christie in my mind if he runs third party it is out of spite and it is a decision that is intended to give Joe Biden four more years and and not have the guts to just say that that's what you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I'm running. Sure you are. You know what I'm saying? If no, you're running I get third it. party and you're Chris you're in a Chris Christie you're in this no labels you're Joe Manchin what you're doing is pretending that you want to be president which no one thinks is going to happen so that you can prevent Donald Trump from being president and hand four years to the Democrat Joe Biden without having the guts to say that's what you want to do and that that's the part of it that really bothers me like just just come out and say it like all these people that go on CNN and MSNBC who used to be republicans you know, now they say, oh, I'm an independent. No, you're not. You're a Democrat hatchet, man. Just be honest about it. Just tell us the truth.
0: That's a good point. And I would also say that's why I still somewhat respect RFK Jr.'s presidential run, because we talked about earlier, there is going to be no COVID reckoning. And a lot of times, if you decide to run as a third party, it's because, you. I would say, as an honest uh way if you really feel like the things that you want to talk about are not going to be discussed, then running as a third-party candidate is not an awful choice. And if it's Trump v. Biden, basically COVID is going to be shunted off to the side. And what they tried to do with us with the COVID shots that RFK Jr. was 100% right about, I think there might well be 10 or 15% of you, and I understand it, who are still so angry over COVID that you would go vote for RFK Jr. Cause I think that's his constituency if we get Trump v Biden. That's I, I different don't than, believe... than Chris Christie, right? Like he's actually yes. trying to talk about a particular issue that otherwise people just want to paper over.
1: And, and I think it's, it's very obvious that if Chris Christie were to run as a candidate and be on the ballot because of this no labels thing, that it would hurt Trump. It's much less obvious to me what would happen with RFK Jr. running, uh, especially if you broke it down by swing states. And I do think that RFK Jr., it would be, uh, you know, the no labels candidate is going to pretend like the side effect is Donald Trump losing to Joe Biden by a very narrow margin when that's actually the intent. I think that if RFK Jr. continues on his third party run, it, he may be responsive. Maybe he can do something pr- uh, politically miraculous. I know that might sound delusional, but I think, I think his motivation is entirely different. I think Christy run, if he runs or someone like him, Joe Manchin, it's just to spite Trump and to hand it to Biden full stop. There's no other point.
0: Now I do think who no labels picks has as the, as the lead in the same way that we've talked about how vice presidents don't typically matter. I think Joe Manchin would hurt Joe Biden. I do think there are some moderate Democrats that might be inclined to vote for Joe Manchin. And I think Chris Christie would hurt, uh, Donald Trump. I don't see a way and I'm curious if you can come up with one. I don't see a way with whatever the ostensible former party that president of the no labels ticket represents is going to hurt the party that that is formerly represented by that individual. In other words, Chris Christie would hurt Trump. I don't think there's any doubt. I think Joe Manchin would hurt uh Joe Biden. I don't see can, any way can you they're going to try to do
1: me? unpack yeah. that for me a little bit. Like who who is the I was going to vote for, Biden, you know. West Virginia, as we know, it's like the reddest state yeah. in the country after Wyoming. I think. I mean, it's very you know, it's it's Trump country. So I mean, it's not going to make any any difference there. Who is the voter who sees a Joe Manchin third party run who was going to vote for Biden who goes now I'm going to vote for Manchin? I mean, just what's that profile like? I, yeah, I,
0: I don't. I mean, I think it would be. I think it would be similar to the people that Joe Manchin got to vote for him in West Virginia. I think it would be. People who are not particularly politically, uh, plugged in that are unhappy with some elements of Joe Biden. I mean, it's probably the, whatever, what, what is, uh, Dean Phillips or whatever the guy's name gonna get? 30% of the vote in, uh, in, in New Hampshire, it looks like. There's 30% of Democrats that are gonna show up there. I think Biden is weak. And it, in general, I think third party candidates strip away the diehards that would otherwise the the non diehards right because to me to, the
1: the no the kind of just the, the yeah. reason my thinking and I I don't I don't disagree with that assessment um or or at least think that that's possible to me the no labels thing is a stop Trump thing am I do you, do you, can you agree do you think so or no to I me it's, if they put it I think if only if they
0: put a Republican formerly at the top of their ticket that's I mean, what to I'm me it's like at.
1: the lincoln project is running a candidate again maybe, maybe i'm not seeing it but that that well, to me is because the lincoln project was just let's get a democrat elected yeah. by pretending to be republicans that was the whole what, game. what they
0: are trying to do they say they want a democrat and a republican unity ticket that they're going to try to appeal to the moderate part of the country but what you think saying, do you
1: think that's really what they're trying to do though well,
0: I think if they put a Democrat at the top of the ticket, I would somewhat think the answer is yes. But I, my, my thought process is whichever they pick as the president, right, the Republican or the Democrat, that then is going to pull it away, which is why I think Chris Christie is going to be their, their guy. Like, I think Chris Christie is going to be no labels. But then that
1: also goes toward my theory, which is that this is really just a stealth stop Trump operation, which is, which is what, you know, uh, Evan McMullen ran in the last cycle, right? That was just to try to siphon votes away from Trump. It was a stop Trump operation. So I think it's important that people see these things, uh, you know, for, for what they are. Although we'll see. I mean, to your point, it's not clear even what the third, the no labels, uh, third party ticket would a, would actually And, and be. we
0: should say this, too. When we come back, I'll give people the latest data, Buck. But the data right now suggests that third-party overwhelmingly helps Trump when you get the four and five third-party candidates. And I'll hit that Harvard-Harris poll. is referenced by mm. J.D. Uh, Vance. Head-to-head, Trump's up 53-47. Buck, he's up 11 when all of the third-party people are put in.
1: There's a real possibility here that all of the... Political analysis and the propaganda machinery of the uh, Republican and Democrats in this general election for the presidency—that understanding that dynamic could end up being less important than understanding the impact that a third-party candidacy is going to have, because such a small, small percentage of the actual electorate is going to determine this, right? So, yeah, uh, you start to see the numbers. This is, this is slicing the onion super thin, but what do you think about all this? 800-282-2882. Let us know. You know, Legacy Box is amazing. They help you preserve your family memories. Clay, I am making a request right now. I want you diving into the attic or, you know, talking to, uh, m- mom and, and pops here. I want this Clay not singing, but allegedly singing in high school. There's gotta be video of this somewhere. <laughs> gotta be video of this.
0: I was so, forced to not sing. That would be an amazing video to find. I mean, you
1: you lip-syncing uh you know for a choral group or whatever in high school, this would go mega viral, but the only way we'll be able to watch it is with Legacy Box because they transfer old media to new media. So if this is on a VHS, if Clay's mom or dad for example videotaped this back in the day, uh the only way that we'd be able to enjoy it today is Legacy Box. They've got a huge facility in Chattanooga, 200 trained technicians who hand transfer every one of your old tapes. Film reels, photos onto new digital files. I've done this, Clay's done this. I sat with my father-in-law over Christmas as he was going through big stacks of all kinds of photos, and and some of those will be put up online. I got to remember to do that actually soon here. But if you want thumb drives, DVDs, that's available. It can go up in a link. It's so easy, and it's like magic when these digital files finally get transferred. You can enjoy watching home movies again with family which brings back all those emotions and memories. It's just really special. I've done it, like I said, and I love it. My family, we have so much fun with it. Man, you should see some of the old Halloween costumes we used to wear when we were kids. We can now because of Legacy Box. Get 50% off when you go to LegacyBox.com. buck That's 50% off their regular prices. And direct them to send you one of their specially made shipping boxes. You know, a Legacy Box. LegacyBox.com. buck A million and a half families have already done this. Make sure you join them. Legacybox.com slash B-U-C-K for 50% off.
0: Clay Travis and Buck Sexton,
1: voices of sanity in an insane world. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already
0: forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts?
1: You can look to precious metals for various reasons, That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. You keep your phone number and your phone unless you want to get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Up to you.
0: Go to puretalk.com slash Clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash Clay, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Buck has not heard this, but we played... The UFC prelims, I think I said last week, by the way, that they were in Montreal. It was actually in Toronto. It was in Canada. Um, but they had the big UFC event in Toronto over the weekend. And one of the guys, Sean Strickland, I think was his name, the UFC fighter. I, full disclosure, i am not a huge UFC guy. I watched some of the fights, but I'm not not going to be the person who explains to you why... The rear naked choke was inappropriately applied in, uh, in random second-round action of the UFC. But there's a question that Dana White was asked because some of the things that his fighters have been saying have offended people out there. And Dana White was asked why he didn't keep his fighters on more of a leash. And, Buck, you haven't heard this, but my goodness, I think you're going to love it. Cut 23.
1: You obviously give a long leash to your fighters about, you know, what they can say when they are up there with a UFC microphone and you are getting into territory of homophobia, transphobia. Like, is
3: there? I don't give anybody a leash. Well, I'm saying you. A leash? I'm like Free speech. I control when, what people say. Going to tell people what to believe. Going to tell people. I don't f- tell any other human being what to say, what to think. And there's no leashes on any of them. What is your question? I was asking that question. I'll move on, though. Yeah, Uh, probably a good idea. That's ridiculous to say I give somebody
0: a leash. Free speech, brother. People can say whatever they want, and they can believe whatever they want. I mean, how great is that? Just I, I would ask all of you out there, how much better position would America be in right now if that was the proposition for every one of you out there, no matter where you work, For certainly everyone in the public eye, I would submit to you, Buck, one of the biggest things we've gotten wrong, particularly in the social media era, is that companies and larger institutions need to have opinions on issues. Just let everybody say whatever they want. And if that upsets you sometimes, deal with it, that's life. But I love what Dana White said there, and I wish that would be standard for all corporations across
1: all of America. He does have a constituency or an audience that's going to be more favorable to that attitude than some other people would but i i mean i agree but in that
0: all I, of sports buck like what if you came out and you said you know you disagree with the quarterback's position on anything under the sun why do we care you know oh, like, no, that's the,
1: the, yeah. the move should always be uh, that's what he said not my problem yeah you know the, this notion that you have to what they always want to do is tie everyone together so they create a collective responsibility that is meant to stifle the mind and the uh, the free free speech rights of the individual, and they've done this very effectively. Yes, um, you know it, it reminds me a little bit. You know, if you say the wrong thing in in North Korea, obviously you get sent. I'm not saying we're in North Korea, but you know they have multi generational punishment, so it's not just that you go to a concentration camp in North Korea. Y- your parents, your grandparents, and if you have them, your children, they all go as well. So it's collective punishment. We have a very different version of that, but here it's if your employee says something bad, you're in trouble. Yeah, and notice who is the
0: guard post there. It's the media which is demanding this guy shouldn't be able to say something because he sits there at a mic for UFC. That's been bought into. I think it's totally wrong. Good for Dana White. Big thank you coming your way from the team at My Pillow. They got a massive sale this month as a way of saying thanks for the amazing level of support over the past year new products, overstock products, products on clearance, discounts of 50% or more. Go get hooked up right now for instance with the flannel sheets 50% off, take advantage of the free shipping, especially on larger items like mattress toppers, 100% made in the USA on sale for as low as 99.99. To find these offers, go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener special square to check out everything mentioned and more on sale. Enter that promo code clay and buck again. Go to mypillow.com,
1: enter the promo code Clay and Buck today. All right. Welcome back. We had been talking about the numbers from a new Harvard Harris poll. Remember the polls got it right in Iowa and I think they're about to get it right in New Hampshire as well. And the biggest concern that we've seen in all the data involving Trump v Biden in a 2024 matchup was a poll from a few months ago that showed Trump winning in every swing state unless there is a conviction. Now, it's more specific than that. And I think this data, this additional data, is closer to uh, the the truth than that initial or closer to the reality what would happen in that initial poll. Here's what I'm talking about. This new poll that's out here, like I said, Harvard-Harris poll, if Trump is convicted of cr- uh, crimes related to his handling of classified documents, who would you vote for for president? Trump's still up six. If Trump is convicted by a jury for RICO charges, Racketeer Influence Corrupt Organizations Act. I think I got that one right. Um, Who would you vote for for president? Trump still wins up two, even after a conviction. And I don't think that trial is even going to happen anymore. The whole thing is probably going to go away. or it's, it's collapsing as we speak. But if Trump is convicted... For inciting the Capitol riots of January 6th, who would you vote for for president? Suddenly there is a swing, and Joe Biden is up for 52-48. Does this track, do you think this is accurate, and is this basically telling us that the only hope that the Biden Democrats have right now for another four years of Joe Biden slash Kamala Harris when she takes over slash whoever maybe steps in for him uh, is a conviction in the D.C. January 6th case. Is this how you see it? I am inclined to think that everything is baked in.
0: Based on, we talked to J.D. Vance about this earlier, that people have basically made up their mind. But this is the entire race for Democrats. They have essentially gambled everything they pushed their chips into the table. They said, we want Trump as the opponent. And they believe that if they get a conviction, particularly in that January 6th Jack Smith case, that it will swing the election in their favor. Now, I don't think they ever thought, Buck, that they would be sitting in a situation. I mentioned the third party, and I do think it's, it's the wild card here, exactly how this would play. In the... Uh Harvard Harris poll, as you just mentioned, Trump is up six. But what's really intriguing to me is if you throw all of these third party candidates in, so they polled Trump, Biden, RFK Junior, Cornell West, Jill Stein, right? Cornell West, the left wing uh uh black uh, professor from Harvard, recently known. Is he at Princeton now? Was he formerly I think- at Harvard? I don't know. They're both, has they're been both an fancy Ivy places. Lead, left left this for some time, but decently yeah. well known. Jill Stein, obviously the Green Party, she says she's coming back, uh, and we know RFK Jr. We talked about that earlier. Trump actually has an 11 point lead there. Now this is without Chris Christie. This is without the no labels, as Buck said, may be designed to keep Trump from being elected. But if you only had RFK Jr., Trump's up eight. If you have Trump, he's up 11. My thought is, as you analyze this, and I think most of you would agree, Trump's 44 or 45 is as diehard as any 44 or 45 out there. Uh, that is the percentage that would support him. I don't think there really is a Biden base. I think there's an anti-Trump base. The more options there are, the more the anti-Trump vote gets diluted which is why, Buck, when I said, like, if Joe Manchin runs, I think it hurts Biden, I think when you don't have a hardcore base, that your support is more fungible and people are willing to go elsewhere. Like, I think the 44 or 45 percent that Trump has baked in that will show up for him would walk through, you know, a, a, a fiery uh, a, a conflagration to be able to cast a ballot for Trump. I think Biden's support is not that, right? There is no diehard Biden base. So
1: I think every third party, by and large, hurts him. I've never met a person who was deeply emotionally invested in Joe Biden. Every Correct. Democrat I know is deeply emotionally invested in defeating Donald Trump, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but I've never met somebody who goes, you know who really gets me fired up about leadership in America? Joe Biden. Like, no one yeah. believes that. Also in this poll, though, I thought this was really interesting. Um Immigration is now, same Harvard-Harris poll, top concern for voters, up seven points in the last month. It is now at 35%. It is ahead of inflation. And 77% of voters think the Biden administration should make a deal with Republicans to increase security. 65% of Democrats. um, And 68%, this is what's really tough for them, think the Biden administration should make... It tougher to get into the U.S. illegally. Okay, 68% of people think Biden needs to make it harder. This is what I'm saying. This is a 70-30 issue now in America, and that's why, Clay, I mean, I is he our favorite Democrat senator now? I mean, do we need to just suck it up and speak the truth here? Is John Fetterman, of the Democrats, the best Democrat senator, or is this all some ploy to you know, throw people off, and now he's going moderate and he's going to become a commie again. I don't know, but all I can tell you is, listen to what he says here. This is cut 24 about a secure border. I honestly don't understand why it's controversial to say we we need a secure border. Uh, I've been very clear. In fact, that was weaponized against me as Republicans in my race, that I'm very much uh, a strong supporter of immigration and, you know, my, my wife's family. I, that's the uh, Oregon story about that. Uh, and I think two
3: things can be true at the same time. You can be very supportive of immigration, but we also need to have a secure border. And I really, uh, I think about immigration is we want to provide the American
1: dream for any uh, migrant, but it seems very difficult when you have 300,000 people showing up encountered at our at border. I mean, he's not, he's not like perfect on immigration, obviously. But he's better than some Republicans. I mean, if we're going to speak truth on this one, I think he's better on the border than some Republican senators are right now, which is astonishing considering he came in as the hoodie-wearing communist of Pennsylvania.
0: I I think I would have to say of any Democrat senator that I have seen so far in the, well, in the last six months or so, uh, since October 7th for sure, which seems to have been... October 7th for Fetterman seems to have been a clarifying moment. And, I mean, heck, I I don't know that he would come on this show. I mean, I I guess, Allie, we could could invite him. I mean, I I imagine that he would not want to come on radio because I think he still has auditory processing issues. Um, And it might not go very well for him. And even when you hear him talk there, I mean, it's not a perfectly scripted answer. But since October 7th, I think he's been rattled. I I honestly think if you sat down with John Fetterman, I think there are many Fettermans out there. I, I hear from them, Buck, because they said, you know, I thought you, when you talked about identity politics, culture war stuff, I thought you were exaggerating where we were headed. I think a lot of, if you are rational, let me say this to everybody out there as we get rolling in 2024, you should be willing to change your opinion if the facts change on any situation That is out there that you have an opinion on. You should constantly be challenging yourself. You should be looking at the facts. You should be assessing. You should be analyzing. You should be processing. And you should be willing to adjust. I think the people who were on the left. And are honest. October 7th shook a lot of them. Not only what happened with Hamas's attack upon Israel. But the fact that so many people lined up and said Israel is to blame. And... What John Fetterman is saying is 100% true. There should be no one in America who's opposed to a secure southern border. None of us benefit. None of us. Uh By restricting the flow of illegal immigration. And so what happened is, I think, Buck, if you go back to 2015, the idea of a wall is not crazy. What's the first thing most rich people do when they buy a home? They put a yeah, freaking
1: they- wall around it. You no, know, of course, of course walls work and anyone who spent any time with border patrol will say that it, well, the wall is a tool, like so many yes. things. It, it's not a argument ender. It's not, oh, we have a wall now everything's over, uh, cause people can drill holes in it or they can put a, you know, a ladder. I mean, there are ways I've seen people arrested for going through the wall, but they got arrested because it slows them down. It allows the greater concentration of border patrol resources in high traffic areas. There are sensors. There's multiple fences. There's a lot of things that, that come into it. Um, but I thought this really, um, really hit at it home. It's just something that's not getting very much attention, but right now in, um, uh, trying to find the, name. oh yeah, in Denver Health, which is a hospital in Denver. Um, that, that's pretty obvious, I guess. Um, a, a Denver, it would be, be
0: an upset if it was New York City, but
1: yeah, yeah, it would really throw people off. They have a budget shortfall of over $136 million and are demanding a federal bailout, and they say that, you know what's causing this, folks? Caring for more than 8,000 illegal aliens, particularly in their emergency rooms. Destroying this, uh, this hospital is going bankrupt. A major hospital in Denver. That's just in Denver. There aren't even have that many new illegals piling in there. 30% of ER visits across New York City, across the five boroughs, uh, as of, I think it was a couple months ago, Migrants. Illegals, illegals, just because that's where they go to get health care. And they're also getting health care in these migrant centers, by the way. But that's you know, a whole other thing. Um, but, you know, you can imagine if you're sitting there and, you know, you had an accident and you got a screwdriver sticking through your forearm and you really need help in the ER, you know, while migrants are there getting prescription glasses and stuff, you got to wait. It's not good.
0: No, and... This is where Greg Abbott's decision to actually force these sanctuary cities to live by the sort of left-wing talking points that they were endorsing on a regular basis. Oh, we're a sanctuary city. Oh, we believe in... I mean, I thought DeSantis called this out perfectly when he flew people into Martha's Vineyard, and you saw how quickly Martha's Vineyard, with only 50 immigrants arriving, illegal immigrants totally collapsed. They couldn't handle 50. They, They declared a state of emergency... They exp uh they they force them off the island right I mean uh, the Boston fell apart just fifty um and I I think all of these places that geographically are remote New York Boston Washington D C Chicago for examples in this country Denver is hap- having it happen too but they all were able to basically make uh hay from the fact that they aren't that geographically close to having to deal with the issue and what Greg Abbott forced everybody to have to reconcile with is what Texas deals with on a day-to-day basis. And by the way, Buck, that Harvard-Harris poll that you mentioned, not only did that Harvard-Harris poll came out today, I believe it was Suffolk came out with a New York State Biden v. Trump poll. Uh, and in third-party racing, Trump was only down nine points in New York State. And you say, how in the world does that happen? That's, again, when you factor in the third-party candidates, I think it was. It was like forty-six, thirty-seven, something like that. He's now, Trump, winning a majority of Hispanic voters in the state of New York. Think about how crazy that is. Again, New York is not particularly a battleground state, but the Hispanic vote is moving, according to that Suffolk poll that came out today, in a way now that Trump is winning the majority of Hispanic vote in New York State. And I think that's partly related to illegal immigration.
1: You know, something's not right out there because there's a whole lot more noise you'll hear advocating for abortion than there is for unborn children to be given life. That's the way it is in this society. Because since Roe v. Wade was overturned, unfortunately, unborn babies' lives are at an even greater risk. The abortion pill now accounts for over 50% of all abortions. That makes the tragedy of abortion available 24-7. In the midst of this darkness, there's a light that shines, and that's the work and miracles happening at the Preborn Network of Clinics. This nonprofit organization has rescued over 280,000 babies from abortion in their 17 years of fighting for the unborn. Every day they rescue 200 babies. When a woman considering abortion visits a preborn clinic, she receives unconditional love and support, and so often her first ultrasound since her pregnancy started. When she hears that baby's heartbeat, when she sees... What that precious baby looks like on ultrasound. Often for the first time, that baby's chance at life doubles. Preborn needs our help, the pro life community. For just twenty eight dollars, you can sponsor an ultrasound to introduce a mother to her baby for the first time. One hundred percent of your donation will go towards saving babies' lives. Just dial pound two five zero say the keyword baby. That's pound two hundred fifty, say baby. Or donate securely online at preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash buck. Sponsored by Preborn.
0: 24 Clay and Buck's weekly campaign. Cliff Notes. Episodes drop Sundays at noon Eastern on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever
1: you get your podcasts. Call
0: 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D.
3: When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? Nowadays, $20 barely
1: gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk.
0: You'll get the same quality of service as AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, but for half the cost. The average-sized family saves almost $1,000 a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can keep your cell phone number and your phone Welcome back in, Clay, Travis, Buck and Show. Hope all of you are having a good time hanging out with us. Tomorrow will be primary day, Granite Staters going to the polls to become the second state residents to be able to have their voices heard. We'll be breaking all of that down for you. Cannot wait to be hanging out with you. Let's get a couple more calls in here uh, before we finish. Donna in Inverness, Florida. Donna, what's shaking?
2: Hey, we want to welcome to the great state of Florida, Buck and Carrie Sexton, thank you for coming where the state is
1: free. Thank you. We love it. We love it down here. Ginger's a big fan, too. She loves the tax structure. Oh, see? (laughs) (laughs) She's
2: a smart dog. Very. (laughs) I was born in Miami, so I know where you live-ish. And now I live in Inverness, which is central Florida. But I wanted to comment on our wonderful governor, who I'm poignantly sad. I can't vote for him since he dropped out for president. But he'll be back for us in our state. And he's supporting Donald Trump, who I voted for twice. And now I'm going to have to vote for him again. Not. Yeah. Have thank
0: you. Thank you for calling. Look, uh thank, Donna. Thank you, Donna.
2: Uh, Buck. A
0: lot of people in Florida, as you well know, said, "Hey, I'd like to have four more years of Trump and eight years of DeSantis after that." That has been, I bet, the number one most popular position. Now there are some people who said, "I want DeSantis now. I'm not going to vote for." It. I get all that, but I think all this has done is potentially put DeSantis on ice until 2028, which means. That if you are a resident of the state of Florida, the next two years as governor, DeSantis is going to put things in even better shape. And then we'll see whether or not uh, DeSantis has so fundamentally altered the makeup of the state of Florida's electorate that there may be a bunch of Republican governors in a row. In fact, I would bet on that if you were asking me right now without even knowing who the nominee would be and what would it be, 2026, yeah. where somebody is running to take over after DeSantis leaves.
1: I think there are a couple of things that are, that are true at the same time here. One is I don't think anyone was going to beat Donald Trump this election cycle. Now that we've seen what's gone on and the, and the mood of the electorate and the indictments that came down and what happened to the polls. Um, and I also think that Ron DeSantis has, has probably learned scoreboard isn't enough as a governor. You gotta, you gotta excite people. You gotta run a campaign that feels like a movement. You've got to engage people in parts of the country that don't care about Florida. So I think for the next time, he'll be in an even stronger position if he chooses to run. That all said, the unity behind Trump is feeling good right now. And I was saying this to Clay offline. I'll keep saying it. It's all looking good right now for Trump, but I refuse to trust that feeling. We can trust that feeling when we are celebrating after Election Day, Clay. No early celebrations in the meantime. We'll see what happens. We cannot
0: wait. Primary day tomorrow in New Hampshire. Looking forward to hanging with all y'all. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel the Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude.
1: People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel the Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate 11 dollars a month at t2t.org that's t the number 2 t.org slash iHeart.